Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Bake. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the Netflix show Sweet Tooth. This week we're covering episode two of Sweet Tooth titled Sorry About All the Dead People. (laughs) Sorry. Don't, you know... (laughs) Sorry about the dead people. Sorry. <laughs> it's cool. Sorry. I, I feel like <laughs> when you have Sweet Tooth saying that in front of you, you would just like forgive mm-hmm. him anything. Yeah. He's so cute. <laughs> so cute. This, I thought, was an outstanding episode, Paige. Oh, I was yeah. thrilled. What did you think? I was so Yeah, my first watch was literally the second we stopped recording. We wrapped up our recording last week. <laughs> I had a feeling. Uh, and now I can finally watch it. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. It was, yeah, I was so excited to finally jump into uh, episode two. And yeah, it did not disappoint. It, it's really good. It's a little, and we'll talk about more specifics. Yeah, of course, like, you know, they go back and, you know, started off touching on more of the pandemic stuff. And I was like, uh oh! I just literally finished talking about like, oh, I'm sure they'll just move on from that quickly. Yeah, um, we're done with that. We're not talking about that anymore. Yeah, like or not. Um, but, but again, I think like you know, it's it's important to the story, but it's not going to be the main focus. It's right. there, but it's. I mean, it's how we got here, stuff. right? Yeah. It is, mm-hmm. you know, how we got to the story of Sweet Tooth and and the hybrids in the world. So I feel like we can't ignore it completely, but it it doesn't seem like the primary focus. It doesn't feel like the primary focus. I mean, we got to yeah. talk about it a little bit. We got to kind of see what's happening out there, um, but it isn't what we're going to focus on the entire time. And so it doesn't feel as heavy. You definitely, I feel like, you know, at least in this episode. Um, can't speak for the others yet, but you know, it's that adventure spirit of the show that we're getting um, at least so far. So, so that's cool. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I, you know, um, I think they're, they're handling it well. So I don't mind the, some of the exposure that we're getting, you know, for the outside world and, you know, or at least not really outside world, but like whatever's happening outside of where, you know, when we're talking about Gus and what's going on with him, we're kind of yeah. seeing what's happening out there. I'm okay with that. It's not, it's kind of interesting. It's always <laughs> kind of an interesting to see different takes on a post-apocalyptic kind of world, you know, and, and what has happened to society after that. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought it was a great episode. I thought there was great acting. Um, and I'm, I'm impressed and definitely a lot more heavily invested Um after this this episode for sure so oh yeah set up some really interesting stuff <laughs> yeah yeah some really great stuff to talk about this episode so um and so yeah i'm, I'm ready to dig in i'm hoping my voice is going to hold out i got sick last week and my voice was pretty much gone like friday and saturday oh, man. um it came back mostly on sunday and it's been hanging in there but i notice that sometimes when i start talking too much which hey you know me i never talk right i <laughs> i'm always silent um it'll it'll start to kind of crack on me a little bit so if that happens i apologize in advance <laughs> if, it's, or if i start to lose it just a little bit so just fyi if i start to sound a little bit um strange or not as high quality it's my voice might be going in and out a little bit um 
So without further ado, I because I am really excited to talk about this episode, I think there are so many great things to chomp into, um, yeah. and it really does propel our story even more. Um, I would love to hear, Paik, from you, your number five. All right. I know we're all amped up and smiles and stuff right now, but uh, <laughs> my number five, I figure I might as well jump into and start with the darkest aspect of this episode. Well, let's let's just get it over with. We'll <laughs> yeah. just, we're just we'll just go there and we'll get it over with, right? Yeah, so, yeah. And that is the the story or you know the scenario that we find Doctor Aditya Singh in, mm-hmm. and and what's going on with him. You know, we catch back up. We see Doctor Singh is still around, current day, quote unquote, whatever. You know, through past the pandemic, and now where, you know, at the same time that we see what's going on with Gus, and then we find out that his wife is actually still alive. Yeah. That somehow he was able to find not a cure or antidote or anything, but something that's able to like delay the effects yeah, of the virus. At least some kind of medicine anyway to maybe, su- I'm guessing maybe yeah. suppress it a little mm-hmm. bit. Yep. Yeah. So it could, it's a temporary fix, but then in this little community that they've built, it, it kind of reminded me of like a Walking Dead kind of community where they have you know, this little enclosed, like, you know, area that the neighborhood that they're living in and there's guards with like, sentries with like you know the spotlights and stuff and he has to leave the gated community on horseback because they're not using cars or anything anymore right yeah it is this post-apocalyptic situation but he's been going down to the clinic there with uh, dr uh gladys bell i think mm-hmm. um you're right where she, i guess she's the only one who actually knows that his wife has the sick yeah, that doesn't seem to be something they are broadcasting um, because yeah. when he shows up there, he is like, oh, I'm just here for my routine checkup. You know, yeah. it's been a little while. It's just checkup, you know. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, I feel like that would make a lot of people nervous, right? Because I wonder, oh, definitely. It, you know, is, is she contagious or whatever medicine she's on, I wonder, helps kind of prevent her from being contagious. Is she cooped up in that house all the time? Is she on like permanent lockdown? Like she never gets to leave too? Right. Or do people just not know that she has a sick? I don't know. I, I'm yeah. sorry. I don't know. Over. Yeah, it's no, it's good. Because uh, yeah, it's it, that's kind of a big thing to talk about is just like, you know, what all this kind of what the implications are. But this time that he goes down to visit with the doctor and she's, you know, it seems like they're making very slow progress you know it's been 10 years Mm -hmm. and you know it seems like this medicine is lasting a little bit longer every time and the symptoms and side effects are a little less severe and you know she's saying you know i think we may be on a way to a cure it's you know she's like you've been saying that 10 years but slowly they're making it there but then she kind of drops this bomb on him that you know oh yeah we were all worried about the virus and all this stuff that other things like cancer people kind of forgot about and turns out that she's like stage four probably doesn't have a whole lot longer and so she has to have him continue all of her work yeah and with that comes him her giving all of her research documents and things to him and saying i had to do some things that i'm not specifically proud of but you're gonna have to do that and then that's like mainly the main point i guess that i wanted to make is what she was doing that now he's going to want to do because it is not specifically stated, but the pieces are all there. We see these poachers delivering a box to the clinic. Gladys says that there's terrible things that she's done. And then both Singh and his wife, their reactions to looking through the research documents. I'm putting it together that 
Gladys has been making this medicine and trying to find a cure by using hybrid children. There's uh, something in their DNA, something you know that's able to combat the virus, at least temporarily. And we can assume that these kids are most likely being killed and harvested for medical purposes, which like is what? why in the first episode, the poacher mentions labs. And then Tommy says that he's not going to do that to Gus. I think this is what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, it does start to kind of form a picture without, because mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't watched ahead or anything, but, um, and I haven't read the comics either, so I don't have that. So it's just pure speculation. But yeah, I'm the same. I, I'm going in completely blind. <laughs> so, yeah. But based on what I'm seeing, it's like I can I, make these assumptions pretty strongly. That's what's going on. I, I, well, and I agree with your assumptions. I was feeling the same thing because clearly the way she stresses to, to Ani, like, you know, I've had to do some things I'm not proud of. And this is why I feel like this is, you know, it's really your calling to take this work over and find a cure because you're willing or you will be willing to do whatever it takes to save your wife, which means it sounds Mm -hmm. like he would be willing or she's saying that he would be willing to go to extreme measures to help his wife and, and find a cure and that he's going to, you know, be able to get through whatever I feel like ethical, moral type thing that she has breached that he's going to have to do the same but in an effort to save his wife he'd be willing to do it so it's got to be something pretty terrible and whatever it is he was certainly disgusted by it and and he even said to his wife who is sick and you know that that medicine is helping her this potential cure um and he's like i don't know if i can do it and she reads it and she's you know, very disturbed, it yeah. seems, by it. So I agree with you. It feels like, you know, these hybrid kids probably have something to do with it. Like, are they lab rats? Are they being sacrificed in some <laughs> type of way? I know it's going really, yeah. really dark, but I know there's some darkness to this um, story as well. I, I, I mean, I, I think you're onto something, and I was thinking yeah. the same. Um, but, yeah, it, there, I think there's definitely an ethical kind of question here because, I mean – um, you know, f- like the first oath, the Hippocratic oath is first do no harm, right? So yeah. I feel like that's probably definitely crossing, you know. They break that pretty early. Yeah. <laughs> if that's yeah. what's going on. So I don't know. Um, yeah, th- it's that's interesting because that was actually my number one was just kind of talking about, you know, seeing the world a little bit, uh, kind of where we're at, it looks to be about 10 years yeah. or so is what they kind of comment about. And it's really kind of shocking to kind of see. I mean, they're in what, like a little cafe, diner cafe type place or something is where this clinic is. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see what what the world is like now and almost kind of makes you think that Guess and Pubba's cabin out in the woods wasn't so terrible after, you know, right. kind of <laughs> <laughs> kind of seeing the way the world is today. It's like, maybe that's not such a bad place to be holed up for a while. I don't know. Yeah, um, they were living pretty well out there off the land. They were a little farm so or a little garden. and Yeah. Or yeah. even, you know, this, uh, this, I keep wanting to call it a lodge, but I guess more like, like a visiting center, um, which yeah. I know we'll talk about, but you know, it's like, doesn't make it seem like these places are so bad kind of being out in the middle of nowhere. And yeah, you know, outside of the main part of society or whatever. So, um, so yeah, it was, but it's interesting. I, like I said, I always kind of find it interesting to see how like nature takes over, you know, um, 
you know, when, when things are kind of shut down. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Doesn't, doesn't feel great about what they could be doing. Yeah. Some of those poor hybrid kids. Makes me very nervous for what's to come. <laughs> I know me too. That's a really good number five. Um, all right. Well, my number five, I uh, wanted to kind of talk a little bit about what I'm picking up on when we start with our second um, episode here, we get another story. Um, and that's like the theme of liberation that yeah. I'm seeing at least so far uh, in this, uh, from the first and the second episode. So, you know, we have a scene there in the beginning that shines a light on a new character. Uh, we meet Amy who's living a, you know, just a very mundane, you know, life as a couples therapist. And she's kind mm-hmm. of, um, in, in her, even in present day, kind of in a different kind of prison than what we see later when the virus hits and she locks herself up in her office for weeks. And I couldn't help but wonder, I was like, how did she get food? Or did, didn't she right. have to leave for food? It seemed like she wasn't really leaving unless she was sneaking yeah. out or something. I think not- this virus hit even a little bit harder than our own situations we found ourselves in. It was like, I don't yeah. think she could DoorDash stuff in this situation. I don't At least think we had so. that. <laughs> it seems like when it when it hit, it, it seemed to... to really take people down pretty quickly um, mm-hmm. and it spread very quickly. That's probably, I think when they were talking about like it comes and goes, like, I guess if there's probably an infection, it probably hits really hard, spreads really fast. But the good, the only good thing that comes with um, a virus like that, that, you know, comes really like comes on really fast, is super um, spreadable, but then folks die quickly. That's, sounds terrible but the good side of that is that it burns itself out like if there's no other yeah. if you can kind of contain it, it it like burns itself out and there's you know but um god that's terrible and dark sorry um but anyway we meet amy Part of the show that's what it is <laughs> yeah yeah it's just it's sad um but she so she locks herself up and it mm-hmm. i really liked this uh time lapse sequence that we get as she's looking out her window and you kind of see the changes that are happening in her office, those post-its, I think they're post-its anyway, that she's got up in her window and you can kind of see what's happening out kind of from her perspective anyway. Yeah. Kind of what's like happening. like tally marking on the windows like days and eventually she just gives up. Like it's like, yeah. Yeah, it's been long. Uh, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just going to nap. <laughs> I'm going to do a little yoga and I'm going to meditate and I'm going to nap. That sounds okay to me. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought that was really cool to kind of see, you know, the changes that were happening as she's watching outside her window and what was changing inside of her office as all of this was happening. I really liked that time sequence. I thought that was fun. Um, yeah. You know, she ends up coming out of her prison when she hears uh, commotion and she hears elephants. These giant elephants come uh, charging down the street. I don't know how she didn't get trampled, um, (laughs) but I thought that was super cool. I love elephants, so I was really jazzed uh, to see that. Uh, She goes to where they came from, uh, which we find is a zoo, Mm -hmm. uh, and she frees a bird. Um. So I thought that it was an interesting um, kind of take where we have Gus, now Amy, and she frees this bird that after this great crumble, I think as they're calling it, um, yeah. has become an opportunity for some people to create a better life, you know, in this new world. Um, so it in one way liberated Gus, you know, from his father and his little bubble. Um, it freed Amy from the monotony of her life um, yeah. before all of this happened. 
Um, and when you see that bird flying away, it was definitely symbolic, uh, mm-hmm. you know, of kind of both uh, what's going on in their lives. Um, but I'm really curious um, about the connection like between Amy and Gus, you know, the narrator says, well, we can't know Gus's story without knowing Amy's or something to that effect. So yeah. I wonder what this connection is going to be or yeah, how they're going to come together. About, yeah. That their paths start to, to come together. And mm-hmm. we, we haven't seen how that is necessarily except for the very ending of the episode. Talk about Amy with somebody has dropped off a Lola pig baby at her zoo Cutest for her name. to take care of instead of you know taking it to a lab or whatever like seems to be happening with some of these other hybrid kids that mm-hmm. somebody had the the thought and maybe the knowledge of what Amy was doing there is this the first hybrid kid that she's taken in or is this something that she's been doing and we just haven't been like really told about that yet right we don't know yeah we don't know a lot about her yet but um mm-hmm or much about the world. I mean, it seems pretty darn empty. You know, she's yeah. walking around uh, after she leaves her office and it's like, I mean, there's like nobody around and we don't see her interact. doesn't mean that she hasn't or doesn't, but you know, we don't see her interact with anyone. So how does anyone yeah. know that she's there or is it common knowledge that she's there? I don't know. But, um, but yeah, I'm curious to see how that connection, um, you know, how that's all going to kind of come together. Um, as we move along in the story. So mm-hmm. anyway, a uh, little introduction to a new character and how all these characters are, are going to, I think, based on what we're being told, um, are going to merge together somehow. So yeah, what is your number four? <laughs> My number four, <laughs> just st- stupid. I'm proud of myself for it. It just it came to me. But yeah, it was like the, uh, the adorable little duo that I will reference as Gusty. Um, oh, I like that. That's so good. Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, I have uh, further, you know, points about like Gus and like the, the family and the, the Anderson family and stuff there. But like, mm-hmm. I really wanted to focus on just the interactions and friendship between Gus and Rusty. Yeah. That were just absolutely adorable. Uh, I mean, like Rusty is very kind of like. Not really, like, off-put by Gus. I mean, it's obvious. I mean, this is something very new and strange to him. For sure. But, like, but he takes it in stride and very quickly, like, warms up and just wants to be friends with Gus. And I love that. Mm-hmm. But he's also very blunt with all of his questions. <laughs> and As kids wonder, are. <laughs> you know, as, as, as kids can be, for sure. Do you poop pellets? I, oh, uh, my God. The poop and pellets <laughs> thing just no? <laughs> <laughs> are your ears gross or are they soft? Like, like he's just asking all these weird. And then the whole, you know, well, I had a dog that I scratched him behind his ears. He, his leg would kick. Do you do that? And he's like, I don't know. Can I try? Which of course he does. And that's so freaking cute. But, uh, <laughs> but I just, I did. I loved them together. And then they're like running around playing games. I love the quote. It's not fair. He hears everything. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's great. You, know, you find something you both can do and then comes up to, well, show him your records. Show him. And then, I mean, people know me and you oh, yeah. on the music thing. Oh, yeah. So there's just, I'm like, yes, music is indeed very powerful and magical. And it's the, I feel like such a universal thing that brings us all yeah. together, right? Yes. No matter your nationality and race or where you're come from or where, what your background is, music. Yeah. 
really does bring people together. So I loved this so much. Yeah. yeah. So that scene just, it was an awesome moment. Warmed my heart just to see, you know, we'll show him that and he still has the blindfold on. And so you see his ears just flicking around, like, like what hearing is all the different little sounds yeah. and stuff. Like what is, what is going on? And then it just compels him to move and dance and he feels yeah. that rhythm and that excitement from yeah. it. And it's so it's just, it's awesome. I love that <laughs> so much. Yeah. I I love their little friendship too. I thought it was mm-hmm. hilarious. And and Rusty even at the dinner table is like just keep staring at him because this this kid I mean, has never, except for once, maybe seen one other hybrid, and certainly no yeah. one like Gus, and maybe no one um, you know as obviously we're finding out the differences between Gus and some of the other hybrids. Like he can speak and you know seems pretty intelligent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's reaching over, like wanting to reach, like touch his antlers and his mom's yeah. like, Rusty, not at the table. Um, <laughs> I'm like, it, he's a kid, you know, and yeah. he's curious and it was just really funny. Um, mm-hmm. but, but it was just so sweet to him too. Cause he, was, yeah. And he's like, you know, the second that he sees him, he's just like, did you know people have been to the moon? Like, he's just like going to start a conversation with, come over here. You want to play mm-hmm. trains? All right. I'll teach you how to play. And it's. Yeah, it's they're a great family, great kid, and it was just good to see those interactions and Gus being able to interact with somebody his own age and feel this sense of normalcy and belonging. Yeah. That he really has never had. Like he had his dad, his papa, but that's it. He was taught to fear any other human being and now he's seeing that there are good ones there that he can be friends with. Yeah. And we don't know um, if Rusty has had any exposure to other kids. I mean, they seem pretty isolated. They haven't been around yeah. anyone, but I don't know if they go to any type of town or something to get supplies or something or how they're able to maintain their food supplies. They had canned goods and stuff. So I don't mm-hmm. know if they have to go buy things or what they do for food. So I don't know if he's had exposure to either um, other kids, certainly no hybrid kids, but you yeah. know, it, it, he was so welcoming, I think just because he is instinctively kind of starved for, you know, interaction with other kids. And it was really mm-hmm. cool how he was able to kind of, you know, at first he's kind of like really curious about Gus cause he's, he is different, you know, he is a hybrid, yeah. um, boy. I mean, he's a, a, a child still, but he's a hybrid he's different. And, you know, he, but he's also able to like overlook that and like not care. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter because he realizes he's a kid too. And he likes yeah. some of the same things I do. He likes to play trains. He likes to play games and he has some questions like I do. And so it's yeah. like, oh, it's not about our differences. It's about how we're similar. And mm-hmm. I love that, that he was kind of able to just, you know, not see that so much and focus on that. And he even at the end, you know, tells him like, I'm sorry, I called you weird. You know, um, <laughs> I'm sorry about all the dead people. I'm sorry yeah. about all the dead That's people. That's what comes in. I love um, it. Yeah. Yeah. Hilarious. And then he gives him a, a hoodie with a zipper, the zips yeah, up at gotta the have end. A, gotta have a much easier to work with because the other one wasn't going to work as well. Yeah. I don't think it would have mattered how much you cut the neck out. He was going to struggle with mm-hmm. those antlers and putting, yeah. <laughs> putting his shirt over his head. <laughs> Button ups mm-hmm. only and zipper only for guests. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. It was really sweet how, um, you know, they were able to 
you know, just some small moments here in this episode that allowed both of the boys a little bit of sense of normalcy, despite yeah. what's going out or what's going on out there, you know, in, in, in the world, um, mm-hmm. you know, how they were able to, you know, like I said, dance to the records and, you know, Gus getting to hear music for the first time and playing with their trains. And um, so I, I like that. And then, of course, you know, we have those sweet moments and you just kind of have that feeling like, it's probably not going to last, you know, mm, <laughs> it's unfortunate, yeah. you know, it's not going to last. Um, but I thought it was great. This, um, part of my number four as well. Um, so, but one other thing that I wanted to bring up because you, you mentioned, um, you know, Gus kind of questioning things and it makes me wonder, you know, we, we see Gus question things in this world now that he's out of his bubble, and yeah. his isolation and he's really starting to question what he's learned from his dad about the world, you know, him and the big yeah. man are out in the woods and he's like, you know, did you put out all the fires? And he's like, what? Um, and then he asks Rusty too. He's like, well, have you seen any fires? And he's like, what? And you know, yeah. when he shows him the book, he's like, Hey, my dad wrote that book. And he's like, what? You know, this doesn't look anything like the Velveteen rabbit. And he's, you know, mm-hmm. Gus is looking through the actual copy you know, the Velveteen Rabbit and, you know, he's really starting to kind of question uh, those things and it yeah. should be interesting how we move forward, how much more he's going to continue questioning and um, poor Kit, he's got a, got a lot uh, yeah. in, in front of him and a lot to, to kind of deal with. And, but um, I think it's an interesting journey so far. I thought it was really sweet. Um, those mm-hmm. two. Um, well, that was my number four too, trying to, see if i had any other notes <laughs> but i think we covered it um what is your number three it's funny because that, that where your number four connected to mine is where my number three connects in connections because whole episode's yeah, about connections <laughs> it <just> is because <laughs> my number three i kind of called gus's worldview and oh yeah where his journey is taking him that's and it's how he's seeing things already. He's able to change his mind on a lot of things and change his viewpoint mm-hmm. from what, you know, his papa had taught him, you know, just the cuteness from the beginning of being like, you know, you're not going to make it out here alone. He goes, well, I'm not alone. I've got you. Like he's already just attached himself to, to Tommy, to yeah. the big man. And he's. Whether the big man likes it or not. <laughs> yeah. He's just going to keep following him around. You know, he was like, well, I'll give him some distance while he's at the campfire. But he's like, no, you're. You're creepy back there. You got to come out here. Um, <laughs> I, I got to be able to know where you are. I got to see you. Uh, <laughs> I don't blame him. Yeah. <clears throat> and he's just such a kid. He's such a little kid when he does come up there to the campfire. All of the questions. Well, how come? And what about the, well, like what? It, what like Tommy's not going to be able to talk his way out of anything. Because nope. Gus is always going to have a retort and a question about that. He and was such a kid. And not just a kid, but yeah. a kid that doesn't get out much (laughs) yeah (laughs) so he has all the questions all of the questions (laughs) and he wants all the answers now Uh, (laughs) and yeah so the reason they wind up at the lodge is again his ability his really keen sense of smell he's like well there's food up there heck of a nose on that kid yeah and so he goes to kind of recon it and gets caught in the trap but that's how he meets rusty and all that kicks off But, but yeah so you talk about like that worldview is starting to crumble a little bit you know the books are a small thing but it's the fires like you mentioned that's really bothering him because every time he's mentioned that people look at him like he's crazy like what are you talking about yeah there, there are no fires and so he's starting to see that even if his dad's intentions were good 
he was lied to about stuff and he's he's realizing that mm-hmm. that he was sheltered and lied to and the world is definitely maybe not what he thought it was and that's going to send him yeah wanting to know more and really wanting to find these answers yeah and i worry it's i mean i i, I fear for his safety anyway but i feel like mm-hmm. he's going to continue questioning things and maybe um questioning the, some of the things that his you know puppet tried to tell him that are true like being i think he's starting to maybe understand about being fearful from some humans because tommy's yeah. definitely told him like the same thing like if you stay out here too long your head's gonna end up on someone's wall you know mm-hmm. and and you know like people want to hurt you yeah um, so it's good that he's finding people he can trust and he's safe with yeah but it's also one of those things that you worry that you don't want him to get like you want him to feel safe and comfortable yeah because you just you want this kid to be protected but at the same time you also don't want him to get too comfortable with people to where he starts trusting the wrong people exactly yeah i I worry he might take it a little too far and become you know Mm -hmm. too trusting and not quite you know take to heart what some of his puppet tried to teach him because i do you know i feel like you know, he probably tried to tell him some of these things to protect him, to keep him from wanting to yeah. run away, you know, because Gus, I mean, he's like any little kid, uh, you know, wanting to explore and he's curious and he has questions and clearly has an adventurous spirit. So, and his dad, you know, I think definitely recognized that. And that's why he kept making him repeat that whole mantra, you know, if I see a human, yeah. I hide, um, you know, and, and, teaching him how to live off the land so they can stay there in, in isolation and not wanting him to, you know, leave the boundaries of the fence, you know, like, Oh, there's fires out there. You, you know, you can't, can't go. But, and, but it's unfortunate that his father did keep so much from him, mm-hmm. you know, um, I don't, but I, I mean, I don't know what, how much you tell a little kid and a 10 year old. Um, I don't know uh, the right answer, yeah. but you know, I, I know that, I don't know that he was doing him so many favors by holding back so much of the truth because it, mm-hmm. it, it's just made Gus more and more curious that now he has just yeah. completely busted out and he's, you know, um, got one person that he can rely on. And that one person doesn't even really want him around and is looking to mm-hmm. get rid of him at any yeah. opportunity. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. But, um, but now he's got Gus has more of a like solid direction he's wanting to go even if it is a complete shot in the dark yeah i think you know they had that great moment where bev mentions to him the photo that you know it looked it was taken at red rocks yeah which just such a cool venue by the way i've never actually been but i've, I've watched been. a ton of videos yeah. of concerts there and i've seen I know what it is yep i would love to go to a show there someday That'd be absolutely awesome. but <laughs> That'd be awesome. let's all yeah go. but he's gus has this pinpointed destination now and he's like yeah it could be a total shot in the dark you know, there's no telling if his mom, if that's even his mom, is anywhere near there. Yeah. But it's something to go for. He has to hold on to something. And so that's what he's going to do. Yeah. And now that he's, yeah, <laughs> has to go there now because, you know, Tommy tried to, to leave him with the Andersons, but did not quite work after the poachers showed up. And I was like, you know, Gus, I think, even realizes that he's he's not safe there and the other people aren't safe if he stays there. So he's okay with going. Even if it makes him sad, which, by the way, the way his little ears droop when he's sad, it's like a sol- just a small little <sighs> detail, but I notice it, and I'm just like, oh, oh my heart. <laughs> I can't. I can't. <laughs> I'm telling you, I 
two episodes in and I would die for this kid. <laughs> yeah. Like that uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine thing. He's just like, I've only known him for like what, two days. <laughs> but if anything happens to him, I will kill myself and everyone in this room. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I am ready to throw down for Gus. <laughs> yeah. But he's he's going to keep trying to fuck shit up with that slingshot. Maybe someday it'll work. Uh, <laughs> One day he's going to he's going to get it just right. I'm I've got yeah. faith that maybe by the end of this uh, first uh, um, season that he's going to it's going to work out for him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he ain't giving up. <laughs> yeah. But I guess the last thing I want to talk about, which is not really his worldview or anything, but on this point, <clears throat> but it's something that I noticed that. Spells something major for for his future going forward, maybe. Because I don't know what it is, but I immediately want to know everything about it and what was going on. But during that kind of face-off with that poacher that after he hits <gasps> him with a slingshot. Yes. And this, like, giant buck walks up in the doorway giant behind him, which just terrifies the poacher, just stops him in his tracks, giving Tommy enough time to sneak up and uh, bear trap his head. Uh, <laughs> but... Yeah, and then when he when the danger is gone, the buck just leaves. Which I'm wondering. I mean, Tommy had to have seen that, right? Like he was right there. But I don't know what that means, and I'm very, very curious. Oh my gosh, I had chills, and the hair (laughs) on my arms stood up. Uh, Yeah, what was that about? Uh, This, I mean, that buck was ginormous. Did you see the rack on that thing? Yeah. but was it real? Was it a manifestation? I don't know. But yeah, anyway. I I wondered the same thing because it was, I mean, it, it had a real like ethereal, magical kind of quality to it. The way it just slowly appeared out of the dark so it was hard to Mm -hmm. tell was it real or was it like a manifestation what exactly did that mean that um you know if it was real does that mean gus has you know some type of ties or bonds with his common species we know he's half deer but we don't know what that means. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he we're seeing that he has like these animal-like qualities, you know, with um, his sense of smell, his hearing, his eyes mm-hmm. glow in the dark yeah. when light shines on them, which <laughs> I, I thought was funny. It's, and It's kind of creepy. Kinda, I agree, but also creepy, really cool. <laughs> cool at the same time. Absolutely. Um, so I thought, was it coming there to throw down? To help protect mm-hmm. Gus in some way? Like, was he able to... Because, um, you know, like, animals can usually sense when their family is in danger or whatever, yeah. right? They're, they 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 just know. They have an instinct. They, there's pheromones. There's all kinds of things. I'm not, a, uh, like, an animal biologist by any means, but I read things. And I love animals, so... Uh, and I watch a lot of Crocodile Hunter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, or... If it was like a manifestation, you know, was he able to somehow manifest this in some way out of or something? Yeah, more magical right. about right, the like a more magical. Or yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm leaning more that it's that it was real, but it was really mm-hmm. just like, especially when it kind of retreated. It almost retreated, and then all of a sudden, just like almost mm-hmm. disappeared. Like it just completely yeah. went into the shadows, and you couldn't even like notice that it was gone. 
but mm-hmm. so even if it was moment. real, it looked ghostly enough to where that poacher like was. It was real for him. Dead, like it he was. was yeah, yeah. <laughs> it it had the I think desired effect on the poacher mm-hmm. for yeah. sure. Uh, but yeah, I am like you, uber curious what that means. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so I'm, I'm. I hope that we get some more of that. That was interesting. Almost oh, more insight. Yeah, I like that. I almost missed it. Um, but I did pick up on it. (laughs) All right. Uh, well, my number three, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit more and it's kind of short, but, um, that Gus learns what a mom is, Mm -hmm. you know, he hasn't had a mom, you know, and for quite some time, I mean, he thought the doe was his mom that he that he met yeah. out in the woods. So, you know, he didn't really know for sure what a mom looked like, certainly not like a human mom. Um, and he, like I said, was confused that the, the doe that he would run into periodically was his mom. Um, but when he gets this picture of Birdie, who we don't know if it, if it's his mom or not. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he's saying that because that's what he believes. Um, but you know, he's just kind of at least getting a picture of like, even what a female looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really, I think kind of sweet that he got to kind of see in this episode. I mean, kind of sad and sweet. I mean, there's definitely both sides to it there uh, of, of what a mom or having a mom looks like. And I think it was kind of mm-hmm. sad to kind of see what he grew up without, you know, he didn't have that, that mother um, type in his life. And I was almost, I mean, obviously we wouldn't have much of a story. I don't guess if that hap- if it happened that way, but I was almost kind of hoping that he got to stay you know, with, yeah. with the family, um, you know, just so he could have, you know, what that felt like for a little while. But he did get a little taste of that. He got to see that, you know, when, you know, she's um, wiping Rusty's face off after his dinner and, mm-hmm. you know, she's doing motherly things for them, like sewing up Gus's dog, um, tucks them into bed. That that hit me harder than it probably should have. Oh, but, she's sewing up the dog? Yeah, but like for some reason it was like those like really little things that just will get you in the feels. But I was like, oh, she mended dog. Yeah. <laughs> like, she went out of her way to do that for him. <laughs> yeah, I thought that, that was a really sweet, just motherly thing to do mm-hmm. and something she didn't have to do. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think just, I mean, you know, trying to think, of how I would feel if I were in that position, you know, um, and how it would feel to have this little boy, you know, in his situation, I would be compelled to kind of do the same thing and do what I could to mm-hmm. give him some comfort, uh, you know? Yeah. So I, yeah, I thought that was really sweet and, you know, um, how she was mothering the boys, you know, as they're playing games and, you know, and Rusty's like, you know, it's not fair. He can, <laughs> you know, he can, <laughs> he hears everything. He hears everything. And you know, she's like, well, find something that you both can do. You know, it's just such a, just such a mom thing. And it was really yeah. cool that, that Gus got to see that, but it was also just really kind of sad. You know, he's asking Rusty like, you know, what's it like having a mom, you know? And mm-hmm. so, I don't know, just made me feel really sad for him. And I just, I really, really want like the best thing for that little kid <laughs> just mm-hmm. want all so the yeah, him things. staying there would have been the best ending for if this was done like as a movie yes but having a you know series that's got to move on and it's yeah. adventure and fantasy like obviously we got a lot more adventure to get to got a but, lot more to happen yeah. that's for sure <laughs> yeah 
but it, but you were right. It was, and then when he, when they had to leave, you know, and they're in the tram, you know, and his ears, uh, Gus's mm-hmm. ears, just you know, like oh, you know, just so sad, you know, at at, at leaving. Um, that got me. Gosh. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it was, it was kind of nice that he got a little bit of that, but also just made it, I think almost more sad that he didn't get to, to keep that or have that. And I, I hope he gets it in the future. I don't know. I hope somebody mm-hmm. takes him in and he, he gets a family again. Yeah. So what is your number two? My number two is connected to that. Um, Let's see what other kind of notes that I have, because it was mainly just on, you know, George and Beverly Anderson, Mm -hmm. this couple here. Uh, Yeah. And thankfully, they're very kind and they are, you know, take them in. Uh, Yeah. And you talked about, you know, her wiping Rusty's mouth and that kind of gives this kind of quick moment of sadness for for Gus where he realizes like, oh, I don't I never had these things. But uh, yeah, just some of like the little notes that I love how they were just so awkwardly unsure about everything with Gus at first, and then it's kind of a, d- does he bite? Does he oh, bite? Did he bite? <laughs> no, <laughs> like oh, man, it's just it's great. I love that George is like fanboying over Tommy. Like, like, are you who you think he's like? You're that guy, that football player. Like, he's just like he recognizes him and. Mm-hmm. Is, like, so he's like a big fan. Even at the end, he's like, you still got it. You were just taking those guys on. He's like, she's like, George, stop. <laughs> it's not the time. It's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> like, we have time for this fanboy moment, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. There are bigger things. Yeah. Then, yeah, her mending dog was, uh, and then, yeah, the eyes, when she said <laughs> they turned, that little moment was hilarious to me. They turned the lights off and her just, oh. <laughs> he's like, yeah, that was, like, that was He goes, yeah, it's, it's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> loved it but one thing that i really wanted to talk about with them was we got a huge reveal story-wise from them that i think it was just in a quick little conversation Mm -hmm. but i don't think we realized the implications of certain things um you know we talked about it a little bit last week as far as 10 years old seems to be kind of old for a hybrid and they even mentioned that it's like oh that's you're you're 10 it's like that's isn't that old for one of those Mm-hmm. And that's when they say, you know, Rusty is 11 and he was one of the last human babies is what they say. Right. I picked up on that. Which too. means that it wasn't. Yeah, it's it wasn't a case of some babies were being born as hybrids. But after the point of this virus, all babies born after it are hybrids. I'm glad you picked up on that, too, because I yeah. it, I don't know that I even <laughs> noticed it because, like you said, it was almost said in passing that mm-hmm. if you weren't listening, you were going to miss it because I did the first time, but yeah. I caught it the second time. And I, and I was like, oh, wait a minute. All babies mm-hmm. after this event that whatever it was that caused the pandemic or in this world, all babies, not just some. Yeah. Which then it makes you think that like they wouldn't be so harsh towards the hybrids if that's the only thing furthering only some form children. of the human species. Yeah. Like <laughs> Evolution, man. That's what I say. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's quite shocking and does make you wonder. I, I I feel like we're getting doses of it. And of course, you and I made assumptions earlier and in, in our uh, points talking about uh, what could be happening to hybrids and, and uh, or hybrid yeah. children or babies uh, for this potential look for a cure. 
um, and medicine, but how are the hybrids treated? Like animals, like freaks, probably yes to both. I mean, because the family's yeah. asking, you know, if he bites, you know, like, well, how are hybrid children? You know, I mean, it sounds like they're being hunted. That's for sure. They got these mm -hmm. guys out in the woods, like literally hunting them, um, like prey. Um, I mean, it sounds absolutely terrifying. And like you said, if that is, if, if hybrid children are the only children being born in this world, but you're hunting them, I mean, you're, and then there's this huge pandemic happening that makes so many people sick and die. Um, <laughs> and they just given up on the human race. Say, there goes the like whole human race, I guess. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That caught me too. I was shocked. Um, yeah. So that's really all I had was, yeah, just a couple little notes about the, the, the family, but then that bombshell that they just kind of threw on the table there. Yeah. <laughs> Some people maybe didn't notice it and pick it up, but it's there. I missed it on the first watch because I was just like listening <laughs> and it was just because they so casually dropped it. Um, I totally missed it. Um, well, I, I'll add that I, for one, am really glad that they didn't sell this kit out. Yeah. Uh, I had a few moments where I thought maybe the dad was going to be like, no, mm -hmm. um, or that he would sell him out. Um, but I was glad that they didn't go that route and that they were, you know, like a really good uh, family. Maybe we'll see him again. Who knows? It would be nice too. I'd, nice. Hope, I'd hope so. It would be nice. So, okay. Well, my number two, uh, we find out, you know, the big man, which you had revealed to me because I wasn't paying attention during the first episode <laughs> that he was a football player. Um, but not only was he a football player, but this episode we get his name um, mm. of Tommy Jeppard. And, you know, just a few thoughts. It's not a, a, a lengthy kind of point that I have here, but I'm really curious about what he has been doing. Uh, mm -hmm. from the time, you know, the world started falling apart to where we meet him today. He, so that he's got some kind of scar. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure what, what that was from or what it means. If it was like some, some kind, kind of marking. brand or something. Right. Yeah. Um, so what did he do during his time? You know, he's definitely like jaded. Um, but mm -hmm. it, he he almost comes across to to me. I feel like he's trying to kind of atone a little bit yeah. for what he's done. Like he he's very reluctant, uh, clearly very reluctant to help Gus out. Like he has zero interest. Mm -hmm. He's just trying to survive in this world. Tells the dad, like you know, just like everyone else, trying to survive. Did what I had to do to survive, and making it sound like he had to do the hard things so people like this family could survive and not yeah. have to do the bad things he did them so you know what does that mean exactly um but it sounds like he's trying to kind of atone and i think that's right now what's helping motivate him to help uh gus out right now mm -hmm. is he's trying to kind of make up for that a little bit um and the dude he still like he said he still got it. That dude is tough. Yeah. He took out all those dudes that came to the lodge with a freaking bear trap. Yeah. I mean, that whole fight scene, that was badass. It was so cool. I, during that storm with the lightning and you would have it go yeah. dark and you'd have the lightning flash and you'd see him like strike with the bear trap. That was super cool. Um, mm -hmm. 
So he definitely knows how to get around and knows his way around a fight um, and was willing to, you know, protect the family. Um, but at the same time, moments before he was walking out the door, getting ready to leave Gus in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. um, which, like you said, just seeing when Gus kind of started to put two and two together and realized what he was doing and his little sad face yeah, and his ears, ears. down. You're just like, oh, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> do not leave that child. What are you doing? <laughs> um, although I think he would have been happy there, but at the same time, I think it really would have also put that family in danger too. Cause it sounds yeah. like whoever these men are, they're not going to stop looking for him, which I feel like we missed a little bit of something there. How did those guys know Gus was there? How did they know that there was a hybrid child there? Did we miss something? Did the, those other uh, poachers that they came across, like notify them or something? Cause I don't know, because I think those guys were both very dead. Um, Well, that's what (laughs) what I thought. So how did they know that there was a, I mean, not Gus specifically, but a hybrid child um, being harbored Mm -hmm. there? So I don't know if I missed that somewhere, but I feel like there was a little bit of a gap. But anyway, Mm -hmm. um, really anxious to learn a little bit more about Tommy Jeppard, what he's been up to um, during this time, and really enjoying this like little bond um, yeah. that he and guests are forming, whether I think he likes it or not. <laughs> Maybe he's fallen for those ears too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, how could you not? Oh, how could you not? <laughs> I mean, for real. Um, I melt. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your number one? My number one ties right on there. We're just awesome. connecting. Everything's connected. Yeah. Cause it is, it's Tommy and kind of talking mm-hmm. about a lot of, you know, the things that we learn about him and see, but then also this kind of arc that he goes on is, yeah, we we kick off with he does not want Gus with him, which I was like, maybe I misunderstood <laughs> his intentions that. in the first episode because <laughs> it seemed like he wanted to help him. But I was like, maybe he just wanted to make sure he was secure yeah. before taking off. But he didn't he wanted Gus to stay secluded in the woods. He didn't really want this kid tagging along with him. To the point where it's just, it annoys him to where he's just being childish. I love you know, him throwing trash just to spite Gus because he knows he's going to go pick it up. Yeah. And <laughs> it's like, man, you, <laughs> you really don't want this no, kid with you. And poor Gus just is, he's either not picking up on it. He's ignoring it. Doesn't understand. I don't know. But he's like, well, what, what about now? Well, I'm going to bed. Um you know, mm-hmm. I don't care what you do as long as you're gone in the morning. You know, and I'm like, oh, man, mm-hmm. you're so mean. And Gus just like, right. you know, I'm going to eat your shit. You know, I'm going yeah. <laughs> to eat gonna, all gonna the eat food. All your food. <laughs> and pain meds, too, on top of it, even though they're gross and they made him feel funny. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, which is great because, yeah, I get angry when I have no food. I was like, ah, same big guy. I feel you. Oh, uh, yeah. Hangry. Hangry <laughs> is a thing around here. Let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, but yeah, Gus was on something about don't throw the the trash because people can find where you're at. Because I think that's part of how the poachers found where they were, how they knew Gus was with them. I'm not sure, like you mentioned. But but I think that's kind of how it was like the, the campfire kind of remains left behind and the trash and the candy wrappers and stuff. They kind of were able to pinpoint where they were at based off of that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, uh, the character of Tommy, he's very... Matter of fact, he doesn't negotiate. Um, no. I love his like, so we're going to stay the night. Well, I'll, I'll have to talk to my wife. No, that wasn't a question. Um, 
<laughs> I told you, we're staying tonight. Yeah. And he's like, look, I don't want any trouble. Well, that makes two of us. So it's settled. <laughs> um, he's very, what he says goes. Um, yeah. <laughs> very intimidating. Yeah. And guy. then he kind of makes the decision that you're going to take Gus in and I'm going to bounce and it's going to be better for him, which, you know, he does have a soft spot for Gus. It's there. You can see it. Totally. You know, but he's, he's a realist and he's like, there's no chance that this woman that he thinks is his mom, you know, is even out there. Like she's gone and there's no point in me dragging him all the way to Colorado just for us to be in the same situation we're in now. He's staying here. And, I'm sure it did hurt him a little bit to have to do that, but in his mind, he like it's what has to be done. He's yeah. not wanting to build this connection necessarily. Then he's walking out the door, big man. I was like, he, I could just imagine his inner mono like dialogue, just be like, oh my god, can I not get away from this kid? Yeah, <laughs> like he's- of course he's gonna find me walking out the door. He couldn't give me five more minutes. <laughs> I could definitely see where you know Gus definitely has you know. If you're not very warm to children, if you don't really like kids that much, how he can definitely come off pretty annoying. You know, if you're not that type. <laughs> very you know, persistent. He's kid. very <laughs> persistent. He's very precocious. You know, like I said, with the whole 20 <laughs> questions while he's just trying to eat his <laughs> can of beans and he eats all of his food and, you know, uh, he, he won't go away. Um, but yeah, he's still yeah. got a soft spot. Yeah. So I think at the end after the showdown at the visitor center and stuff, he's Tommy realized he's, he's stuck with Gus for now. And I think he might be warming up to it a little bit more. A little bit. Yeah. An interesting character for sure. And I'm definitely looking forward to seeing uh, their adventures together. And I think I'm hoping anyway, that bond will just continue to grow and, um, you know, hoping he'll get a little bit. I mean, he, he does seem to, um, want to protect them or at least you know because he did fight for them that family and for Gus so mm-hmm. he's not yeah. that terrible terrible of a person I think he's trying to make people think he's a lot more terrible than what he is I mean he's probably mm-hmm. yes maybe done some really bad things we don't know it what that like is he's yet had a but dark past with yeah with things because I'm assuming that that scar is part of like I we haven't seen that on the other poachers or something but I think it was kind of this mercenary style hybrid hunters. But the way he talked with Bev, the mom there is like, it also seems like he also had no qualms like taking people out who were just like hiding in a bedding hybrids, like people who were just involved and people like, it was very much a secret police kidnapping and murdering people who didn't go along with what society at the time was wanting. Right. And yeah, so it seems like he's had some really dark things and maybe he deserted as he was conflicted of what was going on. And so he's kind of on the run. Maybe he's kind of a you know outlaw in his own way, you know, where those people might be even hunting him down. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. Um, yeah, obviously whatever it was that he did before did involve some terrible things. And she, I think, knows what that meant because she's like well how many people have you killed so Mm -hmm. there was sounds like probably some killing involved um you know whether that had to do with the hybrids or whether it had to do with like um some type of like secret police or mercenary type role or whatever um clearly wasn't good um 
So, yeah, but it's it'd be interesting kind of see how that develops. Yep. Um, that's a really good number one. Well, my number one we've talked about, it was the return of Dr. Singh, um, which mm. I feel like we've talked about. So did you have any notes? Uh, let's see if I had a few. Uh, again, because I know people don't really want to talk about it, but I had to. <laughs> we, but I had to you know, knock it down. Because like, again, the, the, the pandemic quarantine stuff, it's a little, it is very real mm-hmm. in here. You know, I hope it's not bothering some people too much. I can understand that because, you know, even in our talking last week and some of the feedback, like I get like people are kind of ready to move on from these kind of things in our media. I get it. And so hopefully it's still mostly relegated to kind of the episode openings and just kind of a little background thing. But yeah, I mean, the whole mask thing, social distancing when oh. Dr. Singh was at the clinic, you know, and waiting for people to leave and like all of that was Everybody's, still there. Yeah, like socially yeah, distanced. The family, yeah, family wearing their masks at the dinner table and, and Tommy having to be like, look, I don't have it. You don't have it. You can take your masks off. And they're like, but, but do the hybrids carry it? And it's like, no, the hybrids can't catch it or carry it. Why do people still think that way? You, and so it's like this whole, you know, the masks and the distancing and all these things, like it's still in there. And it's really interesting just to see like that it's, it's in there. And I'm like, I know people are probably put off and bothered by it. And I totally get that. And so it's kind of just, so I made a little note about it. Cause I was like, it's, it's, it's there. It's there. <laughs> I kind of like the way that they shot it. It was like very, like it just cut to them sitting at the table with the masks on. And yeah. I kind of giggled. I was like, <laughs> you know, I was like yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, Oh, it's very much like what we would see today. And yeah. it didn't bother me. I-, I can see where it would uh, some, but I think I just kind of found it funny. Um, Cause I'm yeah. like, Oh, it was, it's very much kind of what we experienced today. Um, and it, how it didn't, if we had watched, if the series had come out two years ago, like pre pandemic, we probably would have, thought it was very strange but honestly it just seemed kind of normal and i was okay with it i wasn't yeah. bothered um because it is part of life uh at least mm-hmm. for us right now and for many people so um you know i i but i i thought it was funny just the way that it was shot just like they were like so spooked and so did they did i miss that then when he's telling them like look you guys have been isolated up here clearly you're not sick i'm good um and yeah, they're even, like, like what about him pinky yeah. Real straight for a minute to be just like, look, no shakes. Like, exactly. Like, if you've been isolated up here, it's like, do you get many visitors? No, never. It's like, okay, well, you've been on your own, so you don't have it. I don't have it. I'm fine. And they're like, well, what about him? And then that's where he says, like, he calls them critters. Critters can't carry it or spread it. So I we're guess good. I missed that line because then that also, what we were talking about earlier, definitely leads to more speculation that there is something going on with the hybrids and mm-hmm. the development of a cure vaccine yeah. or whatever it is they're developing. If they're unable to if the hybrids carry are completely it immune or to immune, it. Then, yeah. then it would make sense that they would use them for some type of experimentation. Yeah. Um, ugh. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm, now I'm yep. convinced until they tell me or show mm-hmm. me otherwise. Um, yeah. And then the other note that was Panda Head Skull Face Hunter. What the was hell? Terrifying. We just see him for a second there at the end. But like, it looks like his group, like the other people with him, they're in like these like ghillie suits and stuff, could see the tram heading down. So I was like, That's... oh, great. So is this guy and like his group going to be after Gus next? Do we get to deal with them again soon? What the hell are those guys? 
Right. I mean, they looked very uh, the elite squad. I was gonna say um, <laughs> there's some kind of special group out there that looked pretty damn scary. Um, <laughs> good notes. Um, trying to go through mine. I think we talked about most of them. The one thing though is I was like, there's electricity but no internet. Because yeah, <laughs> or at least some some type of electricity. Um, so because that tram was working. Yeah. Fine. Um, but I thought, oh, still no internet. And um, <laughs> no internet. <laughs> you miss the internet just so you can <laughs> question my, my Scrabble choices. Yeah, like, Not other things, other but things yes, too. mainly that. <laughs> I and I, I find it when they when they said that in the first episode, like, oh well, you know, when the internet went down, you know, that it was over. And I'm like, you know what? I firmly believe mm-hmm. that. I firmly believe yeah. that. I think that it's that that would certainly happen in our world like we're still holding on because during this pandemic at least we have had internet (laughs) yeah we've that is what has gotten so many of us through lockdowns that we've had um because we can still stream things and we have internet yeah um and it's kept us all connected right peak yeah Mm mm-hmm uh, let's see. Oh, one other thing I wanted to mention. Um, now I didn't know this because I hadn't read the comic, but I, as I was doing some research and uh, reading on this episode, um, the zoo that Amy goes to that Essex, um, zoo, or Essex County zoo or whatever it's called Essex zoo. Mm-hmm. Apparently that is a direct reference, um, to the name Essex, which I guess is a callback to, uh, the uh, creator of the comics, um, his name's Jeff Jeff Lemire. Oh God, I hope I'm not butchering that. And if I am, I'm sorry. Um, I guess he grew up in Essex County, Ontario, but <laughs> it's also he wrote a franchise of books called um, the Essex County Trilogy. So I guess when like this was a little bit of a callback and a little nod uh-huh. um, to the writer. Nice. Of the books. So I thought that was interesting. Okay. Well, um, I think that was well, a that good... all the notes you have? That's all the notes I've got. Oh, music. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. Yeah, music, music. section. Yeah, yeah because... other little notes that I had. I was like, as I was going through notes, I was like, oh, yeah, that's because I have that at the bottom of my notes. Great. Top with others. Music again yeah. in this episode. So let's let's hear it. Yeah. So the, the three songs used in this episode, the first one, I Can't Get Next to You by the temptations yeah. that's the music that gus hears music for the first time that's the song we played on the record mm-hmm. which was great um while Singh is riding his horse to the clinic is the song in a blackout by hamilton lighthouser and rostam which i love that song it's been on playlists of mine for a while before like i've known that song it's just it's got a really cool vibe to it nice and so, yeah, like that. I liked, I liked hearing that one. And then, of course, Patsy Klein's If I Could See the World, while Gus and Tommy are having to leave the visitor center. And it's just this whole theme of, you know, if I could see the world through the eyes of a child. Yes, it was a perfect. After we've seen this connection between Gus and Rusty and and kind of, you know, getting their childlike innocence and like Gus, you know, learning things and, and figuring out this world as a child I thought that that song was such a perfect choice for that. And it was really cool. They're doing a really good job so far with Mm -hmm. musical choices. We talked about it in the, in the last episode and especially the song that they ended last week's episode on just 
yeah. friggin' fit so perfect. And I agree. Uh, this was a, a perfect song to end uh, Gus leaving the family and kind of um, mirroring that relationship, you know, between the two boys and as they're leaving that family, I thought it was perfect. And I'm a huge Patsy Cline fan. I grew up listening <laughs> to Patsy Cline. My grandma um like had all the Patsy Cline records mm-hmm. um well she had we, like we had all the Klein old country records like all, Johnny Cash you know Patsy Cline mm-hmm. I mean Loretta Lynn, you name it it was in my grandparents I had house, so. I fall to pieces on repeat a bunch as a kid oh my gosh I, <laughs> I would I would ask my grandma I don't know why I love that song so much but I did oh I love <laughs> love that song so much I would ask my grandma I wasn't allowed to she had it on um vinyl I really wish mm-hmm. I could get my grandmother's um, vinyl collection. She had an amazing collection mm-hmm. um, before she passed, um, but she had it on vinyl. Um, but because it was on vinyl and I was a little kid, she wouldn't let me mm-hmm. mess with the record. So if I wanted to yeah. listen to it again, she Smart. would come. <laughs> yeah, totally. Probably good choice. But I am familiar. I grew up on 45s though. You know, look, I, you know, mm-hmm. I grew up listening to Ava Dancing Queen on my little record player on those, uh, I had 45s growing up. So I did know how, but I, I get my grandmother was like very protective of her vinyl and also mm-hmm. her record player, you know, not wanting to damage the needle, all that good stuff. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so I would always have to ask her, like, Grandma, you please go play it again. And I would listen to uh, Fall to Pieces over and over. Love mm-hmm. Patsy Cline. One of my grandma's favorites for sure. So I grew up listening to that and I really um, had a big smile hearing hearing yeah. her voice because it's very distinctive patsy klein yes, i mean for sure y- you could pick her out of you know any group of singers yeah great musical choices they're oh yeah you know doing some great things um with the music so was that all that they had for this week of notes? that's it just those three mm-hmm. all right thanks for that um always look forward to um hearing about the music because this is a, a really great series with good music um so that will take us into uh one of our favorite parts of the podcast and that's our listener feedback portion and you guys did not disappoint um we're hearing from you guys again on, on your thoughts about this series and in particular this episode uh so i'll take the first one this is from our friend Lindsay schlicht she says Another fun episode. I had a few pandemic blah moments, mostly the doctor at the (laughs) clinic with the six feet distancing and hand sanitizing station and the family in masks, but thankfully they passed quickly. I'm glad to see a little bit of story for other characters. As a huge animal lover who would love to live in a zoo, Amy is a character I can't wait to see more of. It's too bad the family in the cabin seems like their story is over. I liked them. It would have been sweet for guests to have a stand-in type of mother, especially such a kind one. She reminded me so much of Elizabeth Olsen, too. Um, I was glad to see the doctor's wife has made it so far. Whatever the treatment entails must be horrifying based on their reaction. I have a feeling it has something to do with the hybrids. Gus's eyes are, in the words of Tommy, creepy as hell. (laughs) (laughs) I can't imagine seeing that in the middle of the night. The end fight scene was great. I guess I'm demented, but I would have enjoyed seeing what that bear trap could actually do to a dude's head. <laughs> nope, Lindsay, we're on the same right. page there. So, um, yeah, I guess I'm demented too. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> great. It was great. And I love, yeah, you mentioned that the actress that played Bev looked a lot like Elizabeth Olsen because she really did. I had that same thought. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. 
She totally did. <laughs> totally did. It's not? <laughs> like, I had to look it up. It's like, no, it's not. But yeah. it's a lot like her. Yep. It, it, she is not. But yep, she does look like her. I think I've seen that a couple of times, um, people mentioning that. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm with you, Lindsay. I could totally live in a zoo. Um, if, if, if shit goes down, I think that's where I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds good. Perfect yep, plan. Yep. That's where I'm going to live out the um, post-apocalyptic world. Anyway, thank you, Lindsay. That was great. <laughs> uh-huh. This one comes from Dawn Elizabeth. She says, I really enjoyed this one. I liked seeing more people, both good and bad, and seeing what the outside world was like. I think Gus is in for quite a few shocks, as what he learned from Bubba is different from reality. I was so relieved that the people in the visitor center took him in so sweetly. I loved the boys sleeping in the canoe, and when the poachers attacked and Gus was fighting back, I screamed when that big buck appeared in the mist in the doorway. What is that all about, I wonder? I thought the scene when he and Big Man were traveling in the cable car was wonderful, and Rima, after listening to the first podcast, I wanted to tell you that I totally miss seeing Big Man on the TV at the beginning as well. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Good, when just me. (laughs) As far as the question of which came first, the virus, the hybrids, I'm thinking that Gus is patient zero. The way he's the only deer boy and that Pubba got him away just as everything went wrong. Makes me wonder. Looking forward to you and Pake's next podcast. Mm. Thank you. And that is a really interesting thought. That is an interesting thought. Yeah, we did kind of speculate a little bit about um, Gus, his age, how he's different, how Pubba seemed to kind of whisk him away very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I didn't mention, and I meant to, uh, the canoe, that canoe bed. That was really, yeah. Wasn't that like the coolest really thing cool. ever? Yeah. <laughs> Dang, I would love that. And if I wasn't so old and needed a softer bed, I'd want one today. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like it would probably be too much for my old bones. Thanks, Dawn. Um, next, we have uh, some feedback from Maria Lawson. She says, those eyes. Haha, I would have screamed. <laughs> I was, was definitely surprised to see the doctor's wife still alive. And I want to know how she ended up with the life-prolonging treatment. Unfortunately, I think that drug is manufactured f- or from murdering the hybrid babies and extracting something from them. I'm glad we're seeing more than just gusts and poachers. Seeing different people trying to navigate this world keeps the show exciting. It sounded like from the dinner conversation, regular human babies are not being born now at all, which adds another level of drama to this potential human extinction event. I want to know more about Amy and that adorable baby. So far, I am really enjoying the show. Hope you all are too. I am Maria. Thank you. Very much so. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah, I want to know more about Amy and the cute little pig baby. Um, and yeah, I'm glad you picked up on that conversation too about because I missed it the first time. That's what's great about Second Watch, at least for me. Um, <laughs> that's great. Thank you, Maria. I appreciate that. Yeah. And then this one comes from Fran. She emailed. Say, grace and peace, y'all. I must confess, I jumped ahead. I couldn't help myself. I've gone through episode five, so I'm kind of watching and rewatching at the same time. I sure don't mind, though. The show is excellent, so well-produced and directed. And I sure agree about the cinematography, breathtaking in scenes. Again, so heartwarming this story is. The love bond slowly happening between Gus and Tom. The scenes between Gus and the other kid. Gus's learning curve and need for mama. Oh, it just breaks your heart. Dancing to the Temptations, I Can't Get Next to You. That was awesome. Just loved it. Used to have all those Temptations records. Children and their innocence, their non-judgmental minds and spirits. Oh, how this world should learn from its children. But we're too busy masking them up. Oop, that's a different podcast. (laughs) (laughs) 
The sick and surviving the new world. Are the hybrids deliberately created? Is the sick deliberately created? Okay, so zombie apocalypse is... Let me go with that. Okay, so zombie apocalypse is terrific, fantastical TV. But this? This hits, too, this hits close to real in terms of plague and its devastation to life and society. I remember how Iron Maiden sang, The evil that men do lives on and on. It appears we haven't seen the worst of it yet in the show. I love Dr. Singh and his wife. Wow, rooting for them, but things are looking pretty precarious all the way around. Bad man, big man, bigger warrior. Love it, but there's obviously some hybrid killer history in big man's life. Amy's girl? Oh, wow. No disguising that little one? I don't think. <laughs> Pake, you're definitely eagle eye. You sure catch little details that probably a lot of us miss. Glad to be watching with you both and your fans. Aw, thank you. Have you guys ever thought of making a pod the podcast a little longer and doing two show watch reviews at the same time? That would be <laughs> that would be hardcore fans, but probably a lot more work for you guys. Still kind of neat, I think. We're doing new seasons of Animal Kingdom and Power Book, Raising Cain. Awesome, I tell you. And prayers for our friend Bob Odenkirk, who took ill on the set of Better Call Saul, as reported this past week. May he be blessed to the Lord today in healing and wholeness. Blesses all, or blessings all, Fran in New York. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. <I'm laughs> that was... was good. Yeah. Bob Odenkirk thing. So glad that he is doing better now, for sure. <sighs> that was yeah. not the news I wanted to ever see. I'm like, no, don't do this to me, world. Don't. Ever. Mm-mm. Um. <laughs> Mm-mm. No. Uh, protect Bob Odenkirk uh, at all costs. <laughs> My heart sunk when I mm-hmm. saw that news. And and I understand respecting privacy, Um for his condition and, you know, as he's being treated and things. And so of course it took a day or so before we learned news that he was going to be okay. Um, Mm -hmm. But man, what a long, tense wait that was to, to finally hear, like, I didn't even, you know, I was like, I just want to know that he's okay. I don't even need to know what happened. I just want to know that he, like when he's okay and when he's going to be okay. Um, Lord, just please protect that man. That's what I say, because <laughs> he is a treasure. Um, but yeah, for sure. thanks for looking out for him, Fran, and thanks for that feedback. All right. We also have a voicemail this week from our good friend, Steve. Let's see what he has to say this week. Hey, Strange Indeed, it's Steve. I'm about to start Sweet Tooth Episode 2. Where's Essex County? I feel like I should know where that is, and I'm so bad at geography. But I love that we're getting this Amy story before they bring us back to Sweet Tooth. Aw, how cute. I'm not alone. I got you. (laughs) He's got like a flower or something stuck on one of his antlers. I wonder how long that's going to be there. Uh, Well, it's gone now, so I guess not long. I love how in just a few short sentences we get a lot of information from from Big Man about the sick and and what's going on. And this whole family is just sitting there covered with their masks. When did they film this, I wonder? I was so scared the first time I watched this during this part with the with the music and and Gus dancing blindfolded. I was just like sure that he was going to antler that kid in the head. Is that logo on the vial that he just gave her a shot from the same that was on that guy's arm? Ah, so the plot thickens. We know there's something going on with the doctor, and now we know that our Mr. Jeffers was involved with something before this. It's, it's so sad that he's finding out all these things that, that his Pubba lied to him about, but he lied to him because he had to keep him safe. I think anything that's a pullover is, is going to be highly difficult for Sweet Tooth. 
Is he using the bear trap as a like a weapon, like a swinging weapon? That's crazy. Oh, how cool is that? He slashed him with an antler and then the big gigantic deer. Oh! He just cut that guy's head off with the bear trap. <laughs> he just said the name in the episode. My drop. All right, no spoilers, so I got to keep my mouth shut. But talk to you later. <laughs> that was awesome. Thanks, Steve. Enjoyable mm-hmm. as always. Oh yeah, yeah. Love the live Steven. Yeah, I don't know if um, he took his head off or not. I don't know. Uh, but he he got him good. His head was definitely not the same. No, <laughs> uh, not sure if it was still intact or not. Um, and I don't know if there's a real Essex County or not. I don't know if there's supposed to be. Um, as I mentioned before, I think there is a tie to the name Essex, um, having to do uh, with the comic creator writer. Um, but I don't know. Uh, I'm also kind of poor at geography, so I'm not the right person to ask. Thanks, Steve. Thank you, everyone, so much uh, for the feedback. It's greatly appreciated. I'm glad you guys seem to be enjoying the show as much as we are. We are. Um, definitely some heart um, to this show, and I'm really invested in the characters, and it sounds like um, we've got you guys there with us. Um, so next week... On Strange Indeed, we'll be covering episode three of Sweet Tooth titled Weird Deer Shit. <laughs> no description, but I don't, I'm not sure when is needed. Uh, yeah. And I wonder if we'll get a little bit more insight into kind of what we were talking a little bit in this episode, like some of his abilities. Like we're learning he's got really great hearing, really great sense mm-hmm. of smell, um, some kind of. I feel tied to his part of the species as far as like that deer yeah. that, that he, well, I'm not even calling it's this huge buck um, that came to help him. Uh, so I wonder if we'll learn yeah. in his glowy eyes. He's nocturnal. Uh, so mm-hmm. I wonder if we'll get a little lots bit. Lots of weird deer shit. A lot of weird deer <laughs> lots shit. Lots of weird deer shit. So I wonder if they'll on. expand on that a little bit, <laughs> but we know he doesn't poop pellets. So <laughs> at least we cleared that up. Yeah. Because I think that was... You can mark that one off the list. The question I think maybe we all had. I don't know. Um, but anyway. So that one is not is weird that it's not deer shit, I guess. I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait. Can't wait to watch that episode. Um, and I'm really excited that you all followed us to um, Yellowstone. But we ask that you please also follow us on Twitter at StrangeTCast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. And go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed at Apple Podcasts. So last (laughs) week I got to guest on The Walking Dead cast. We talked over yeah. our top five standout moments from The Walking Dead. And what a pleasure and honor it was to be able to talk with Jason and Lucy. Um, always great to podcast with those two and always a treat. Um, mm-hmm. 
that was fun. If if you love The Walking Dead and, you know, season 11 is coming up, man, we're like... It's almost here. It's crazy. I know. It's so weird because it's, it usually premieres in October, right? And this year it's premiering yeah. in August. So we're not too far out from the season 11 um, premiere. And so it was nice. Nice little trip down memory lane, you know, to uh, to kind of go back and relive uh, some of those. So highly encourage everyone to go check that out. That was a lot of fun um, to record. Mm-hmm. So hope you guys enjoy that. But um, not only is that a great podcast, but um, Paik, will you also um, tell us a little bit about your and Daphne's podcast? Because you guys have your podcast called Run for Your Lives, which we love yeah. so much. Um, do you guys have a sneak peek for us this week? Yeah, so I think I mentioned last week, so Quiet Place Part 2 is the one that is definitely up right now for sure. And then on Friday this week, we are the new episode, so coming up this week, we are covering Tremors 3, Back to Perfection. Oh, it's kind of our little thing. Tremors, Tremors, I'm a huge, yeah, Tremors is like my guilty pleasure series. I've seen all of them, like every time a new one like comes out straight to DVD, I just like pre-order it. And yeah, I, they're awful at certain points, but I love them deeply anyway, and I can't help I it. get it. And so we have to, you know, at the, as we kind of wrap up like a season of the podcast, we, we have to return to a Tremors movie. It's a good way to kind of bookend things. And so we've gotten to Tremors 3 now. Absolutely. You know, and I don't believe in guilty pleasures. You know, you want to know what I binged with my daughter on Sunday? Hmm. Season two of Outer Banks on Netflix. All right. I've seen bits and pieces <laughs> of the first season, I think. It's not interesting. It's something I would normally brag about, but you know what? <laughs> it was a pandemic show, okay? Mm-hmm. Season one came out last year in the middle of the pandemic where we're all like, we've watched everything. And mm-hmm. uh, that show premiered. It is, uh, I think, more geared towards my daughter's generation. It is a, you know, a youthful, uh, young adult type show. Mm-hmm. Certainly not something I would normally, wa- oh, you know what, whatever. I did watch the OC and I liked it. Okay. Uh, years ago. I don't mind those shows, but anyway. Um, and my boss loves that show. She's addicted to it. So what, Outer Banks or the Outer Banks. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't know. It, it, <laughs> it, the, the first season just captured me. Julie was so excited to watch it. She's like, Mom, watch the show with me. And like I said, we were in quarantine. We were in lockdown. And it was like, okay, we've seen just about everything else. Yeah, why not? I'll watch the show with you. And we watched it. And I was like, "Ah, that was a fun little ride. And uh, season two was released on this last Friday. And I was like, guess what we're doing this weekend? (laughs) We finished the whole thing. So whatever. Watch what you want to watch. Enjoy what you want to enjoy. So you like Tremors and all of their um, sequels? I enjoyed season two and one of Outer Banks. <laughs> live and let live. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, that's that's great. I I look forward to that coverage. I can't wait. I haven't had a chance to listen to Quiet Place two yet. Um, so I'm really excited for that. That was such a great movie. Yeah. So. Oh, it's so good. And a lot of yeah, the episode of the podcast breaking that one down was just a lot of fun because there's a lot of really cool like parallels and stuff that we got to talk about that man that movie is so well done it is indeed (laughs) i was not sure about the sequel because you know sometimes sequels let you down a little bit um Mm -hmm. because my opinion i really enjoyed the first one and i thought oh boy but um i enjoyed it so i'm glad yeah it's great okay 
right. Well, <laughs> that is our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Raymond. And I'm Kate. And Jenny Ward is strange indeed. Perfect.